TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Uh, good morning to everyone. Just want to open up with a word of prayer. Uh, thanking God. So if we can, let us bow our heads. Father God, we come with grateful again just for this opportunity to come before you in prayer. We thank you for the blessing of this day. And Lord, we ask that you be with us in the midst of this discussion. Give us the wisdom that's necessary that we may carry out the task that's set before us. We also want to, at this time, welcome all of those who have come from the TV stations. Just bless us as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. At this time, we're going to turn it over to Brother Sam Rafford. We'll come. Thank you again, Reverend Gillison, and thank you so much for and allow us to use the space today. Um, my name is Sam Bradford. I am a member of the Urban Think Tank as well as co-chair for We The Parents. We are uh, coming before you today and um, I'm going to really let um, the parents and the issue speak for itself. Um, but I'm gonna start off by saying ever since um, I, was, I played youth sports, um, we've been told our coaches told us that um, we always have to be twice as good. And if it's a situation where um, it's different communities involved, you can't expect it to be fair. So you always have to go out and fight um, and make sure it don't get left to the rest. And you know, that's just kind of the way we grew up. And then I see that that's the way that we almost in a sense raise the next generation. We here today because we saying at some point that gotta stop. At some point, we just got to demand fairness for everybody. That's just that simple fairness. And when there's something that's not fair, we can't just tell our kids to go on to the next play and, you know, uh, and then the next day when everybody's seen that it wasn't fair, nothing happens. Um, so what we want to do is make sure that um, now we're not asking for this game to be replayed. We're not asking for the, the decision to be made different. But what we're asking for is a review of what took place to make sure that there was fairness in terms of what took place. And so we're going to make three concrete acts. We're going to have um, community leaders, parents, um, and elected officials come talk about what those acts are. But we want to show you what we're talking about first so that we're all, we're all looking at the same thing. So here is what we're going to be referencing. We're going to be referencing the Bennett High School um, Section 6 championship game that took place on, uh, I believe that was November 25th. Um, all right, November 25th for President's birthday. All right, so um, this is the play that is in question. Uh, the play that is in question started off, if you, you will see right from the beginning of the video, 
um, that there is a, just to give context, there has been a personal file call, two personal files called um, on, on both teams. So play has stopped, all right? And then as play stops, pay attention to the Christian Brothers team as they walk over to the sideline and they are not on the sideline, they're actually on the field, all right? And they go over and you see right now in this video that we captured right here that their coaches are on the field. You will notice that Bennett don't have no coaches or on the field, but the Christian brother has coaches on the field. So now the coaches are huddling with another flag. Their player with their players. We've seen an awful lot of laundry on this field in this game. Okay, so we're gonna stop right there. You heard already the objective announcer say we've seen an awful lot of laundry thrown on the field today. The announcers are saying that, and at that time, the calls were eight to one against Bennett. So the awful lot of laundry, you know, was talking was against one school, right? Now look at the picture, because in the picture now, you will see that the coach from Bennett is now asking the ref, why is the other team being allowed to be coached on the field? That's what he's asking, he's asking that question. The ref tells him, you know, you can't hear this, but the ref tells him to get back on the sideline and he don't care what's going on over there. You got to get back on the sideline. So, <laughs> he goes back to the sideline and he goes and he tells his AD, now stop. So now, the AD, this, this, the AD is over here, that fire top at the top there, that's the AD house. He's calling the other ref over. Because now he wants to he he wants to file a protest. He's calling for a protest right there. Now again, don't lose sight of the fact that what they're protesting is that it's illegal for those players to be on the field with the coach without a timeout being called. That's what they're protesting, right? While that's happening, this happens next. Conduct against Bennett. Boom. The ref throws another flag. He throws a flag against the coach because the coach told his player to come over here so I can begin to coach y'all up like they're doing them too. The, the ref says you can't do that and threw a flag on him. Okay, then, what, what's illegal about that? Well, that's illegal. Because right? the coach is still not on the Wait, wait, let me finish the point, but it's not illegal, all right? So now the AD is there. There's another flag from the other official and Objection for a second on sportsmanlike? Is that just? I, I, I think that that be okay. So, every, so every, that, that, that's everything. So what happens is they end up getting three penalties, and they end up moving the ball all the way to the three-yard line. They had already, through un, at least from the objective perspective, had unfair advantages throughout, but now. The coach is basically saying that this unfairness is at the point where if his kids continue to see this type of unfairness, they are going to lose hope just in terms of being able to play the game. So he understood that for the sake of his players, he had to lodge a protest and make it clear. And he made it clear that I'm taking my players and I'm leaving the field. That's where his mind was at at that particular time because at this point, we can't win on the field because of what the refs are doing, okay? So, what are we here to do today? We're here today because we wanna to do three concrete things. 
We want that play reviewed. The fact that they, the, the fact that they requested a protest, that they, they lodged a protest, the, the rules say you have to make that protest before the next play. You can't wait to after the game to do the protest. You could play in protest, but you have to make the protest before the next play. They made the protest. We want a ruling. Were the Christian brothers on the field illegally being coached by their players? And no calls were made against them. Only calls were made against Bennett. Was that fair? That's all we want is a formal ruling to that. Then there's also the issue of the, the referees. There are six white male refs. This is 2023. Everywhere from the NFL on down have diversity of referees. We're saying there needs to be a diversity of referees. We need to have an evaluation of whether or not how referees are chosen. We're going to bring a series of community leaders, elected officials, and parents up to talk about those issues. And then I'll summarize and we'll bring questions at the end. So with that, I'm going to bring the president of the Urban Think Tank, Bishop Michael Badger. Bishop Badger. Good morning. Morning. Just want to take a few moments and, and talk about. I think first of all, uh, I've been told uh, you always follow the money in every situation. So where's the money in this? Um, we know that sports, especially when we talk about scholarships, uh, our children have not had the opportunity to play in these type of games for a long time. And when we've gotten the opportunity, now we're seeing our kids get Division I scholarships. This game meant that there would be scouts, not only at this game, but at the next game, the championship game, where these kids would get an opportunity for co college coaches to look at them for a scholarship. We see Little League, all of the things that are happening all around in each community, People send their kids to camp so that they can win a scholarship eventually to go to college so they don't have to pay for school. Our children finally have this opportunity to be in a place where their talents can be seen and they've been robbed of it because for the first time now we get the opportunity to compete. We've never as a community asked for privilege. We've never asked uh, to be treated uh, differently. What we've asked to be done is to be treated fairly because we believe if the playing field is level and the rules are the same for everybody that we will excel and we've proven that throughout history time and time again. And for our children, can you imagine a young person that has spent, because they start practicing in the summer, you spent your whole summer practicing you know, and you get to the point where now you have an opportunity of all that labor to now see the benefit and it be taken away from you unfairly. Not because they were more talented, not because they were bigger or faster, but because the referees, and I'm gonna just say it plainly, cheated. That's what happened. That those kids got cheated. Here's the interesting thing. They scored three touchdowns all in the first half with these refs. In the second half, they replaced the refs. It was a fair game. And in the second half, Bennett won eight to zero. So my first question is, why did you replace the refs? 
because you knew and it was on tape that it was unfair. And in the second half, it was proven who was the better team. With that being said, we have to, in 2023, have diversity. And the district, not the district, but when I talk about the district, I'm talking about the school system. It's a, the educational system has to have accountability. You cannot have a non-for-profit that has no accountability to the district overseeing our children. That should not happen. They have to be accountable. We want to see diversity like we see in every other part. This is New York State. And, and, to, and to have six white men from that were handpicked and no representation of the kids that are playing on the other side being there is, should not happen in 2023. So we're saying as the urban think tank that we can no longer tolerate this unfairness with our children. Our children need to understand that we're going to fight for them and we're not going to allow them to work hard all year to be cheated at the end. If it's fair and you win fairly, we will applaud that, we will celebrate that, but not when you cheat and win. Amen. And we'll next have the ferry representative for the Board of Education, um, Sharon Cotman. Thank you. I want to thank the think tank for calling this press conference and for, as usual, consistently standing up for children and standing up for the rights of this community. When we look at what has been going on in sports throughout this entire state, it is no surprise that the majority of the children who are part of the Big Five organization, which represents 49% of the children of color, are, entering, are encountering the same experiences that we encountered with our Bennett team this year. Unfortunately, this, the, there's nothing that has been done to correct it. So in moving forward, I respect and I endorse what is going on here for the review for the requirement of diversity. And from my perspective, I want accountability. As the school board representative for the Ferry District, Bennett is under my watch. And as a result, we know that Section 6 receives close to $90,000 a year. It's 87 plus, okay? That money is sent to them so that they will provide representation for us. However, there was no representation available for us on that day. There was representation available for the two teams that uh, played before our game, but none that day. When our cheerleaders arrived, our ladies, our divinely inspired, victoriously anointed ladies, who represent our women in our schools and our community, our future leaders, there was no facilities available for them. They were told, go use the bathroom to change your clothes. Under Title IX, that's a major violation. So we know walking into, into this arena, into this scene, that 
the stage had already been set. We cannot tell our children our 12-month program that is housed at Bennett for Athletes that they have to follow rules, guidelines, carry themselves as upright citizens, and life for them will be well because this is how the game is played. And then when they, we put them on the field, they see that it is not played fairly. There were multiple errors in that game. It started in the first, very first place, and we'll talk, I'm sure people will reference that. But in moving forward, there's no reason why adults who are being handsomely paid in most situations are not being held accountable to make sure that unfair disadvantages do not happen. What is it? Everyone wants to say, why is it always Bennett? Well, guess what? It's not always Bennett. It's just that they happen to have a big mouth board member like me who has no problem standing up saying that there is a problem going on with how you're treating the students in the Ferry District. It's not just Bennett. We can go, we just pull the data and you can see what's going on across the district. So at this point, what I'm saying is that there's a national problem going on because we hear about it through our national organizations, but there's a statewide problem and New York State needs to fix this problem. It is unacceptable that this continues to happen and there is no accountability. How is it that refs can make calls? I don't even care what color you are as long as you're making a call. But the issue is, is that if you have implicit biases against our team, that it is okay to convene before you even um, meet with them, that you don't allow our, you don't even walk over to our coach to shake his hand, but you walk over to the other team to shake their hand before the game start. We already know that we're going into a hostile environment and we don't mind losing, as the good minister reverend said, as long as it's fair, okay? But you're not gonna continue to deny our children and provide an additional barrier for our children in their future. They have enough. And the, and the efforts that went into making sure that Bennett did not win that game is a disgrace. And I call for the attorney general of this state and I call for the federal government to take a look at what's going on in New York State as far as sports are concerned. There are multiple civil rights violations that are occurring and everyone is looking the other way and no one is making it happen. I applaud the parents who are here. Thank you for trusting us with your children. I appreciate the coaches who do everything that they can to make sure that our children carry themselves in a respectable manner and, and our men. And I applaud you for getting this message out. Thank you. Now we have parents who were there and who have children who are impacted by uh, what was going on. So we invite the parents up now to share um, their experience. How you doing? I'm Alan Clemens. My child is Damari Clemens. He plays defensive back for Bennett for two years. He's a sophomore. Um, during that game, yeah, when we came out, we pretty much uh, were at a disadvantage right away. There were fl multiple flags on key positions when it was third and long to give us the advantage to get the ball back, but was putting them in position to get the ball back to pretty much march them downfield. The whole first drive, they were marched downfield by number of penalties put inside the 10-yard line, which gave them – that was a good team. So a good team like that is going to take advantage of stuff like that, and then they punched it in. Then it happened again and happened again. And every time we try to do something, we were just taking advantage by penalties thrown against us. And pretty much the kids at one point just put their heads down because they just felt like, 
we've been mistreated and wasn't given the same advantage. We're not asking that since this meeting or whenever, like you guys, we, all we ask is that just even the playing field. The best man went. That's what the game of football is about. It's not about somebody else having a higher advantage. No, we're going to get out here. Everybody got lined up between the lines and just give everybody a fair chance. And I also want to thank Ms. Cobman for making sure that she take care of us every time. She stands up for the community and for the kids and for the parents and for the coaches. So thank you for that and thank you all for coming out. Appreciate it. Good morning. I'm standing here as an angry parent because I'm tired of, of, of the unfair, I'm tired of the white privilege. I'm tired of that. I am tired of it. Um, there's only 12 minutes and a quarter. There were 16 penalties called against Bennett in the first half. Nine of those were in the first quarter. Uh, the majority of the penalties that I'm addressing in the first quarter happened on third and 10, fourth and nine. Our defense is built for you not to get more than five or six yards on us. So that them getting a, a being put in a third and nine, fourth and nine, people don't convert that on us. We don't do that. So when the rest were throwing the penalties on the, on the third and tens and fourth and nines, they were bailing them out. You put me on, so I'm 52 years old. You put me and a group of boys on the, on the three yard line, I'm gonna run the ball into. So they know they couldn't beat us fairly. The, the penalty was being black while playing football in high school in New York State. And uh, you shouldn't be penalized for that. So we, they need to get rid of the good old boy system, all them old refs, and put some diversity in there. I don't care if they all Chinese, I'll take it over, over somebody that's grading them for the color of their skin before they get on the field. How are you not going to, you're the official, how are you not going to come address both teams for the game? That's un-American. And black, white, and all the wars that were in here, uh, <laughs> the, the black and white, we all fought together. When 9-11 happened and we, I was going through the airport and I wasn't public enemy number one, it was refreshing. And I'm tired of the, the status quo. Let it be fair on the field. Don't put no Trump supporters with referee suits on the field. Give us some real referees. Thank you, sir. Daryl Loins. Daryl Loins, my son, my, my son, my son, my son plays on the team. I had a son for Bennett uh, 2018, first team all Western New York. And we didn't win that year either. And we, he, he was the best tackle in the state. L-O-Y-N-E-S, Daryl Loins. Tired of being black while playing on the high school football field. Thank you. Uh, those of you who know me, I'm Edward Spadal. I'm the president of District Parent Coordinating Council. I'm here to support the team. Uh, as a parent who uh, watched the game live, it was uh, a shock to me that the calls were all going in one direction. And I think as a parent with, who played sports and have children who play sports, that we're just asking for a level of fair playing field 
Today I'm here to um, urge for a review of the officiating standards and to ensure fairness and equality in that. I'm also here to um, ask for more parent involvement uh, in this process. Section 6 um, stonewalls us, doesn't return emails, doesn't represent us. Um, like uh, Sharon Cotman said, Section 6 wasn't at the game, and we're Section 6 today. Section 6 is paid to represent our schools, uh, and they didn't do it. They're uh, the good old boys network, and uh, I'm here to say we're not going to stand for it any longer. Thank you. So in summary, we want to make it clear that we're not saying go back and replay the game. You know, um, we can't, you, you can't change the past. The past is what it is. What we want to do is be very intentional about preventing this type of thing in the future. So as opposed to people reacting to how we feel about what took place, what we ask them to do is just simply go objectively look at the game. Have an evaluation, have people who do that for a living, professionals, evaluate the game and see if it was a fairly called game. And if it wasn't a fairly called game, let's just come up with a process to make sure that we get fairly called games. That means if we got to evaluate referees and find out how, they good, how good they do in other sports, you take the best refs during the season and you bring them to the playoffs because you now got people who you got reps who got a record. So we just want a process to make sure that we get to a fair place. And we want an evaluation of that play. We want them to say on the public record, was what happened legal or illegal? Should the coach have filed a protest? And if he should have filed a protest and they got three penalties on them, what is the consequence to that? What is the consequence for them doing what they're supposed to do? They turn out to be right. And then the, refs, and the game goes on, the second half of the game, where they, we don't see all those penalties thrown, we see them prevail, they don't, the other team don't score at all. That says something. And so what we want is the evaluation of that, and we also want a process, a laid out process. We are going to send a letter to the State Education Department. We're going to ask for the Board of Regents also to monitor whether there is a fair process for choosing referees. This was a, a problem that we had here locally at one point in time, and that process has been resolved. We see we have diversity among refs locally. So in the local Section 6, we see a diversity among refs. We, we, we didn't always have that, but because we you know, pushed back on not having it, a change was made. So now what we're doing is pushing back again because we want that change to now go up to the state level. It's very, very important to go up to the state level. And most importantly, we stand today for our children. We want our children to know that we don't, we're not going to continue to tell them to stand down to injustice. We're not going to continue to tell them to accept it because it's just the way it is. Because it's not going to be that in a way no more. We're going to push back, we're going to fight back, and we're going to hold people accountable. So we're starting with our, our Board of Regents, our State Education Commissioner, our Chancellor, who all have oversight responsibility for the New York State Athletic Public School, High School Athletic Association, and so we ask them to use their oversight authority to monitor to make sure what's going on is fair for all children and all athletes in New York State. So that's where we are at. Um, we appreciate you uh, covering this. Anybody have any questions?
Yeah, so um, uh, maybe one of the coaches can speak to that. Um, I don't know uh, that, you know, I don't know that we have a shortage of refs. You know what I'm saying? So do we have a shortage of refs for people that want to ref? No, we don't. We don't actually have a shortage of refs. The refs get paid pretty good. Yes, yeah, sometimes it gets chaotic. It gets chaotic because the refs let the game get out of hand. They don't make the right fair calls. And then you start having agitated coaches that speaks up, and then there's a problem. If they make the proper calls, if they make the calls fairly, there wouldn't be as much problems on the field with the refs and the coaches that, that you was referring to. And we also know that, you know, that's a subjective process, right? And you, you ain't nobody going to be perfect in the process. And again, we're not asking for it to replay. But if, if it turns out a person has a pattern of not being able to, you know, make good calls, that person should not be continue to ref. And if it becomes harder to find refs, I mean, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the more diversity you get in refs, you know what I'm saying, maybe people don't want to coach because there's a small group of people you're choosing from. You know what I'm saying? Broaden a group of people you're choosing from, and I don't think there's going to be an issue with the choosing route. I know there are people from our community who would love and do love. And when we go look at our, we go look at our, little, our little league football games, our little football team, we don't have a problem with ref. We have packed, you know, uh, uh, stadiums or, you know, fields. So I don't think it's going to be an issue if we have a fair playing field when it comes to ref. Let me, let me say this also. You know, after blatantly being cheated, I, to see not only our children, but the coaches maintain their quorum, I think says a lot. You know, you never saw a coach get out of character. Those kids stayed right on the field and continued to play even though they knew that they were being cheated. So when we talk about the you know, chaos that might be happening, it wasn't happening there. And it was a high stake game. I think it says a lot about our children and our coaches. First of all, uh, thank you for your question, but first of all, let's be clear. I'm speaking as the school board uh, representative for this district. Our, our board has not met since this event. It happens uh, uh, probably next week or whatever, and we'll see. As far as the relationship with Section 6 and the New York State Athletic uh, uh, Public, Public High School Athletic Association. I say public intentionally. Uh, it has definitely been strained. We have uh, currently two uh, complaints filed for the Division of Human Rights in regards to things that have happened. It is set up so that for the most part they don't have to reach out to us. I'm not saying they have not, okay, they have not reached out to me. Uh, and they basically can do whatever they want. And I'll give you an example. So after conversation about uh, Buffalo not being properly represented in Section 6, uh, they came up with the idea that they would have a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee. We were not allowed to select. The superintendent of Buffalo Public Schools was told who would be the representative on that committee. So this tells you just how uh, hard-headed, <laughs> I'm going to say it like that, because you're going to tell me who's going to represent me on diversity, equity, and inclusion, then you certainly feel you're empowered to do more. So um, 
there is, in my opinion, a need for a complete overhaul. If you look at the guidelines, the rules that are in place, they are geared to discriminate or to uh, be partial against large school districts. There are certain things that uh, would never happen in a small school district. And when you look at where Buffalo stands, we are one and being governed by seven other suburban districts. So we don't have a chance. And so whether you reach out to us or whatever, that is a conversation they have not reached out to me. You would think, because I am connected with the Big Five, I am currently the treasurer of the Big Five that represents over 49% of the children of diversity in this state. And so what we're going to do through the Big Five, we're going to start moving the agenda. We're going to start uh, getting the data, the support, and what I really need is help from maybe UB or someone like that who would put to help us put together this data because the data is going to show that when we play outside of the city, that our kids are penalized proportionately, unproportionately at a disadvantage, and we understand that. But it is how it is. No one had, because they're the, they, they've been doing it for years, and no one has ever challenged it. I really mean that this is something that the Attorney General of New York State needs to look at, because if she does not, then we have to go federal. Thank you. Yeah. And, 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 and we know, and we know the process. Um, this starts off as an administrative process, um, and we understand that. That's why we're starting with the State Education Department um, and a ruling, asking for an administrative ruling to be made. Um, and then based on the administrative ruling, we'll talk about our next step. Um, but at the end of the day, we just want to make sure that we don't have to tell our children to just accept it. So we're going to use a systematic, methodical process to bring about change um, so that we can have fairness for everybody. Any other questions? Yeah, so the Buffalo Public Schools, their coaches are not here. So these are coaches that, but, but if there were coaches, they're, 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 these are coaches in, the, in our community. That's why they're here. Okay. Well, well, in my anger, I just wanted to bring up one more PowerPoint because I missed it being angry. In the 13 years, the 13 years that the Buffalo Public Schools has participated in Section 6, because 106 years we were in Harvard Cup, the 13 years that we've participated in Section 6, the only three teams to win state championships is West Seneca West in 2017, South Park in 2015, and Bennett last year, and it would have been Bennett this year. So when the playing field is level, we usually beat the players and the refs, but the refs was trying to send a statement giving us 10 penalties in 12 minutes, nine penalties in 12 minutes, you're not winning today no matter what you do. That was the message sent by the refs. And that's not supposed to be the referee. The refs are supposed to stay out the game and call the game, not favor one team. God bless you. Thank you for your time. If I'm correct, you was asking how the coaches handle the kids when they go through those problems. As a coach, it's not just about the X and O's. We teach our kids 
to be men. We teach them about perseverance, and we teach, teach them to keep pressing on, no matter what the odds are. So we're about the children first before football. So we're teaching the kids to persevere, even through the, um, the, the racism, the prejudice, the bad cause. We just teach them to keep pressing on, giving their best, and then just hoping for the best. Thank you. Coach Middlebrooks, and I'm a coach at Hutch Tech High School. Oh, Middlebrooks, M-I-D-D-L-E-B-R-O-O-K-S, Middlebrooks. Allen, A-L-L-E-N, last name Clemens, C-L-E-M-O-N-S. I've coached sports in the Western New York area for many years. And I'm 63 years old and I've been involved in organized sports since I was six years old. And fairness is something that I've always emphasized in any sporting contest. Starting with coaches, stressing to their players the importance of fair play, but I've always held their officials to a much higher standard. They're supposed to be unbiased. They're supposed to be fair. They're supposed to be in charge of all of the activities of that particular sporting event. I just wanted to reference that. I really wanted to refer back to your question, um, a little bit disconcerting to me when we talk about the chaos um, sporting events and in particular, Football, and I think I think that was sort of a, in my opinion, humble opinion, sort of a loaded question, detracts from the narrative itself. Those incidents that we might be referring to, are magnified. Rarely doesn't happen in a sporting event. They're anomalies. They're they're rare occasions. But when they do occur, they're always magnified in the media. So a lot of times the the viewers common people, the laymen, when they view incidents like that they're, and they're magnified to that proportion, then that's all they seem to remember. I don't think the number, even if there was a shortage of referees, and let's, let's assume that there could possibly or potentially be a shortage of referees, what difference would that make? Those referees who are assigned to that game should be fair. They should be firm in their decision making. And even if it's a wrong call, there should be some consistency both ways. As much as I might be an advocate and a voice in our community about social conditions and racism and things of that nature, I also understand that it can be very subjective. I only ask, or I bring to the attention of the public and those who are listening, I just ask in all simplicity, because it would, I would want Jane Doe, the librarian, who doesn't understand football at all, that if she reviewed this video, if she was received the comments of those who were directly involved, and she watched, and of her own accord, in simplicity, with all common sense, would she be able to say that there was a fair game being played that day? And anybody who has that type of common sense and would view that, they most certainly would have to agree, if they're going to be honest, that something 
the reason why we're here today, it's not random. Something took place whereby certain individuals felt aggrieved, significantly aggrieved, whereby they needed to reach out to agencies and community leaders and advocates that might provide them some assistance to address those matters. And I think if the media took a look at that and really wanted to expound upon it and, and, and bring proper journalism to the table, I think we would all see that something took place that day, whether it was racist, whether it was biased, whether it was just unfair officiating, something took place that day that left the sour taste and a lot of questions that needed to be answered. Thank you. I'm sorry. In, in, in all humility and with respects to everyone's here, in my own humbleness, who I am is really irrelevant. It's insignificant to me. I usually refer to myself as just a voice in the wilderness, but I will provide you my name. It is Dwayne Taplin. D-W-A-Y-N-E, Taplin. T as in Tom, A-P-L-I-N, Taplin. All right. So, any, any other questions? Yes. So absolutely, we, we would not be here had not we did all our due diligence. So we definitely do, did our due diligence. Uh, the district has its own process. Um, and so the district is going through its process. So that process began on the, at the point that the athletic director, you know, made a protest of the call that was made. So that game was played in protest. And so now we're waiting for a ruling um, but what we want to do is make sure as that ruling is contemplated uh, that the uh, Section 6, well, not Section 6, in this case, the New York State um, uh, Public School Athletic Association, know that we as a community are also want to, concerned about what that ruling is. And we also want some follow-up beyond the ruling. And so that's what we came forth with today. Any other questions? Media, thank you. Parents, coaches, Elected officials, clergy, everybody, thank you so much. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts It's better over here After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. 
See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.